We got a fast break, line up this bound to shake your spines up. Reflect the light on the latest in sports, keep your blinds up. Hilarious swag is what you get in transition, like the truth when your man spitting. Man, listen, feels your man on the wing, mostly known for shots fired. On the other end, he'll lock you down like you got priors. PMO be the one setting the pitch, back you down with the bigger picture. Words of the Holy Scripture, need a fifth to stir the pot and add to the mixture. It's franchise, baby, pick it up. Yo, we need a fifth. We can get this mother loving show. What's up, world? This is We Need a Fifth. This your man, Mo. Got my man, P, at the table. Uh, Got my man, Hill, at the table. Yeah, we pay for the off-air stuff, I tell you. <laughs> yeah, we pay for it. Oh, man. NBA mm-hmm. uh, Finals, game one. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> I, 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 I want to say I didn't see that coming, but mm-hmm. prior to the game, I, I was talking to people. I was like... I wouldn't be surprised if Boston won this mm-hmm. game. I'm kind of speechless at this point because I'm still digesting this, how this game went down. You guys, I know you guys saw it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, what were your first thoughts? I just felt it was like a wasted performance by Steph. Mm-hmm. A potential, like 21 points in the first quarter. Mm-hmm. I was predicting almost like a historical game by him. Mm-hmm. I think Finch was like, you know, mid-30s or whatever, but nothing in the second quarter at all. Mm-hmm. You know, off area talking about, you know, he only played a limited amount of time in the second quarter. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think they should just unleash them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I think to put it plain, I think Steve Kerr should have just unleashed them. Mm-hmm. Staff came out with that mindset. Basically, you guys are not going to get a game. Not this game. You're not going to get a game this series. We're going to dominate. But that third, fourth quarter it was a whole different story for whatever the reason, which uh, we'll get into. <laughs> I think the way it was done. I I don't even know about the. The outcome, whether it was Golden State or Boston, I mean, a lot of, I, but you're right. I had a lot of people outside of here say Boston got this. I don't know if it's just Golden State hate, right, or just people really liking Boston. But it wasn't a surprise to quite a lot of people I spoke to. But I think the way it was done, I was surprised. I thought that it would. I I wouldn't be surprised if Boston won that game. Because they were coming off of a game seven, mm-hmm. and they still had that momentum as far as being in the playoffs and still playing, whereas Golden State had some time off, mm-hmm. like rest, I, rest first, rest type. Yeah, yeah. And, and I thought that even though it helped them as far as trying to get healthy, Andre Iguodala was mm-hmm. able to come back and stuff like that. But I thought that Boston still having that momentum from just playing the game seven and maybe having three days off as opposed to seven days off mm-hmm. that I think the Golden State ended up having helped them mm-hmm. in the sense it kept them in the rhythm of the game. And I thought Golden State initially, it was tough for them getting into the rhythm of the game outside of Steph Curry. Mm-hmm. You know, Steph Curry kept them in the, in the game in that first quarter. Mm-hmm. If he wasn't scoring the way he was, they would have been blown out early. Mm-hmm. You know, so I thought... That was part of the reason why I thought, hey, I wouldn't be surprised if Boston won this game one. But I was surprised in the sense that it seemed like Golden State had control of the game for three quarters. Mm -hmm. And then the fourth quarter, six-minute mark, it just totally fell apart. Boston couldn't miss a shot. Mm -hmm. And they were able to get meaningful stops against Golden State something that I thought Golden State would be more likely to do because of their experience. Mm. It seemed like the roles reversed 
in the middle of the fourth quarter. And wow, that that's that's what surprised me. I mean, if you're going to have, I mean, if you're going to shoot 50% from three at a low volume, it's going to have, tend to have a good night. But a high volume, no one's going to beat them if they're going to play like that. I mean, that, you, you got to just skew in the line of, that's not going to happen again ever. Yeah, that's that's basically your team out shooting Steph Curry as a collective. Right. <laughs> it's, like, it's, not, it's not one guy getting hot. That's your team. Yeah. Yeah, you shoot 50% for three, game over. Um, <laughs> Curry like with some of the substitution patterns, uh, it's a little sketchy. Mm-hmm. And the fourth quarter timeouts, we got on hey, Minnesota for doing like, it. Mm-hmm. I thought he waited a little bit too long mm-hmm. for that run to, to blow up like that. When you know you see a 6-9-0 run, you might want to stop it. And I know your guy, guy's a little rattled. I mean, even the best of them and experienced as a team they are, you get a little rattled with the shots going up. And falling for the whole game, and then in the fourth quarter we start pressing, and I think he should have rallied the troops and brought him in and spoke to him for a little bit. And I, I and I want to stay on Kerr. I know we were talking off air about his decisions, substitution decisions when it came to Steph Curry in the mm-hmm. first half. Mm-hmm. I I know he played the majority of the first quarter mm-hmm. where he got his twenty one points, mm-hmm. and I think he was sat down like with a minute left in the, in the first quarter, mm-hmm. and then he didn't come back into the game until like six minutes left in the second quarter. Mm-hmm. But and P, you can talk on mm-hmm. it too. Felt that was too long. Yeah, I don't think I would have took him out. Like he was cooking in a way. Like I just. I just kept going. I just when I took him out. I didn't understand, you know, he's human, he gets tired, but mm-hmm. he wasn't showing it. Yeah. So why predict him getting tired if he's out there having one of the best quarters in NBA Finals history? I just I would just roll the hot hand. You know what I mean? And then maybe after he may, maybe missed two or three in a row, okay, now we'll take you out. You're showing a little fatigue. But I feel like he yeah, he just anticipated Steph getting getting mm-hmm. tired. That's why he took him out. But I don't think Steph needed a rest. And correct me if I'm wrong, and, and I might be wrong. I don't think we saw the death lineup in this game. Who is it? You might have. I'm. 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 I'm not too sure. You might because uh, Andre came in and then Poole did play. I Poole's going to get a nice contract next year. And they think about retaining him. I don't like him as a point guard. I think he's always done too much, even as a result of him, you know, having a good year. Mm-hmm. I. I just don't like him. He's erratic. It's just, it seems to be a turnover in the making every time he has the ball. And I know he's been playing well. This could be Monday morning quarterback. I just don't like it. Even with him sitting Steph and doing his normal rotation as, as Steve Kerr did, had a 16 point lead in the third quarter. Mm -hmm. The defense went like all of that's, And I agree with you. Let Steph have the ultimate night, Mm -hmm. but all that's a mute point. If the defense is on point in the fourth quarter and they don't have that epic, then we're not even talking about it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just Steph had a very good game and Golden State Wednesday do their usual third quarter thing. 46 points in the fourth quarter is irresponsible to me. And I know they went crazy. And some of those threes, again, it'll never happen again. You might just have to just shake it off as a once in a lifetime night. I can't see that happening again. Yeah. So, I mean, some of his matchups is what I had with with Steve Kerr. I I just 
I, I just didn't like. And Gary Payton should be playing, you know, this year. I just think the respect for Marcus Smart, which I have, is not what Steve Kerr should have. Mm-hmm. So I, I think you got to put a body on him. I would never <laughs> D him up myself personally. <laughs> but it would be to my detriment. And he would do it. He can score, period. And I, I would be reluctant to do so. I get it. But you just can't. In those positions, you got to put a hand up, make him drive. You might be a charge. It's going to be a kick out. I mean, I don't want to take nothing from Boston. They're a good team. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And you might just have a better team on the floor now than Golden State from a collective unit. That just might be the case this year with talent. Yeah, think, I'm starting to see that. Yeah, I think it's just the way the game played out. You know, to me, I, I can all keep harping, but that 21 first point, you know, I, mm-hmm. I, I was like, this is going to end up, I thought it was going to end up being a blowout. I know it's mm-hmm. early. NBA, everybody makes a run, unless you watch that Phoenix Suns, Dallas Mavericks game. But besides that, you know, mm-hmm. everybody makes a run. So, I, yeah, I, you know, but if that doesn't happen and Boston just won the game, mm-hmm. no, I don't think people, I don't think I would have been that shocked mm-hmm. that Boston won game one, even having Golden State winning in six. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, that 21 first quarter, 21 point first quarter, I just really feel like they squandered it, that, yeah. that, that performance. Yeah. And, and I agree with you with Paul. In the sense that I think that he can tighten up his handle. Mm-hmm. I think it's a little too yeah. loose, mm-hmm. uh, a little too all over the place. Mm-hmm. Tatum-esque. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they have to tighten it up, get, get it a little bit closer mm-hmm. to the body. Uh, yeah, no, it's it's wild, but it gets him to the lane for a layup. Yeah. It gets Tatum to the lane for a layup. It works for them. Like, how do you just... But it looks like, uh But, but... going to lose it every time. Yeah, and it only works... If you're getting one-on-one situations, mm-hmm. like if any type of help defense comes their way, mm-hmm. they've shown that mm-hmm. hey, with that loose handle, loose hand- it's going to be a yeah. turnover. Loose handle in a crowd is yeah. not, not a good look. Mm-hmm. You see Jay fumbling on the way up and he grabs it in the midair and it's a good pass. And it's like, it's a good pass. Like, man, you lost it off the spin <laughs> move. It's like, and he's finally open plays. But hats off to Boston. Yeah. I mean, they're hitting open shots, contested shots. They're playing really, really well. So... We'll see. And speaking of Tatum, talk about squandering the game for Steph. I mean, you look at the other end and squandering the game with him giving 12 points. Yeah, I think he's not going to give you that again. Yeah, yeah. That, that's tough of him going to state. We held, quote unquote, Jason Tatum at 12 points and we lost. It's not a good feeling. It's not a good feeling. And you lost by, I think, 12. Yeah, 12. I think it's so, 108, 120. Yeah. And you can't guarantee that you're going to be able to contain Jason Tatum because I, I don't think they mm-hmm. care, to be honest. Game two tonight. Mm-hmm. What do we think is going to happen? Who we got? Yeah, I, I, listen, I have Golden State in five, so they have to win the next four. So I have Golden <laughs> State winning tonight. I actually think they're going to win tonight and more than likely comfortable. So I think Boston achieved what they needed. If Boston takes game two, <laughs> So this is a must win for Golden State at this point. Each game's a must win when you're doing the finals. Each game is. Yeah. Each game is just I mean, as important. It's, it's an important game. Yeah, I got, you know, I had Golden State in six. So, yeah, it would be nice if they took this game. <laughs> you know, pers- yeah, personally. Well. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, yeah, I think Golden State will win tonight. I thought they was going to win first game, too. So take that how you take it. <laughs> just like, yeah, I got I got the winning tonight. I think they'll make the adjustments. Steve Kerr will make the adjustments. And I'm really interested in seeing how Steve Curry, Coach at Udoka, 
battle each other mm. with their adjustments. Mm-hmm. I think clearly game one went to Coach Udoka and his coaching adjustments on the fly because, like you said, P, in that first quarter, it looked like Golden State was about to run away with this. And I was about to call Hill up and say, Hill, you might be wrong. This might be a sweep. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And, 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 but you won the bet in, yeah. in comparison to the rest of us. Yeah, yeah. Give credit to Coach Udoka. Made great adjustments. Mm-hmm. Gotta give a little credit to um, They're both from what? That um, Coach Pop family, mm-hmm. family tree? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, I, and, and to be fair, I don't think he did anything great. I mean, with all of, even Steph not scoring in the second quarter, they were up 16 in the third quarter. Right. This game was over. They went crazy in the fourth quarter, and that has nothing to do with him saying, just go around and just shoot 12 threes. You know what I'm saying? Like, that to me, that that's not coaching. That's more so opportunistic with them not doing their defensive assignments and not really believing that Hawford and they really look down these threes. So it's pretty much saying like, I don't think y'all can hit these. I don't think y'all can go and hit all these threes. I would tend to agree with you if it was just that. Like if it was just a shootout and Boston just managed to make more threes. They were hitting those threes and stopping Golden State. Nah, yeah. they weren't. They were down 16. They were not. They were not. They were losing that. They they scored. They outscored them 46 to like 12. They went 12 for 15 for three in the fourth quarter. That is insane. Yeah, I, I guess he's saying is like shooting 50% from three makes you a great coach. <laughs> like, yeah, no, Golden State got their shots up in the fourth quarter. They missed. They missed these yeah. streets and they had open looks. They didn't knock them down. Listen, what happened was just, I can only chalk it up to it's not going to happen yeah, again. I, I, you can't do that. Yeah, I think it's definitely an anomaly. Like anytime I talk Golden State with anybody, I basically say, don't try to outshoot them. Don't right. try, don't, it, yeah, it, and, not, and Boston did it. They and they succeeded. I don't think that's going to happen. No anymore. matter what yeah, they do, yeah. if that happens throughout the series, this is just one of the all-time greatest shooting teams in the finals you ever going to see again. Yeah. But you're not going to get that. So, what adjustments? If you're Golden State, would you make if any? Well, they have to close out better. Yeah, they have to close out on the three because don't although, let people look them down. We both agree we don't think that's going to happen again. You have to make your own luck. You know what I mean? Right. And make it more difficult. Don't listen to me. Yeah, don't say it's don't, not going to happen again. I'm right. just going to let you keep shooting. Yeah, don't, you got to contest yeah, these don't, shots. Don't leave, it, don't leave them wide open because they've proven they can Yeah, make run it. them off the three. So, run yeah, them run them off the three. You have to get out. Like if they're, if they're running practice or whatever, I'm, that's my first thing is close out drills, basically, on the three-point line. You know what I mean? They close out slowly, get a hand up, and make sure they don't blow by you. You know what I mean? Let and, them put it on the ground. Yeah. Yeah, that's let's make Allen and Marcus put it on the ground. It, yeah, sometimes it's not that you know complicated. They just have to close out better, <laughs> challenge the three point shots better than they did in game one. And I think they will. I yeah. listen, it's game one. I think Golden State is going to win this this series if they don't shout out to Boston. Just the better team. I mean, on paper, to me, I still like Golden State mm-hmm. by a smidge due to experience. But if you tell me you think Boston team is better as collective, I, I, I wouldn't disagree. What does Boston need to do in order to get Jason Tatum started or going? Or do we think it was just him missing 
good opportunities. Just missing good opportunities. Okay. Like I don't I don't think it's I mean of course you always gotta run plays for him, but mm-hmm. I think he's just he just missed the shots. He had like what 19, 20 sh- mm-hmm. like he had shots. He mm-hmm. just didn't fall. So it's not like he went, I don't know, uh two for seven mm-hmm. the whole game. He got shots. He just didn't make them. So make your shots. <laughs> I think he's come of age to one of those plays now where it's LeBron and Jordan S and, and Curry S. You just make it difficult for them if they make it. They're just great players. Mm-hmm. He's taking that step towards very good, towards being great, and that way of taking shots. Not a great player as of yet has gotten there, but just one of those players I don't think you can stop. Just make it difficult, which a lot of teams have done so far, which he's has bad games, and that and that's the reason. I don't think you can stop Tate. I don't think he is of that ilk, but I don't think you can stop him either, though. Mm-hmm. While we're talking about stopping, what does Golden State need to do to stop Jalen Brown? Because it seems like he's been cooking since the Eastern Conference. He final. could be coming of age as his Scottie Pippen. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's just a good player. He's a, he's a really good one-on-one player. And it's a different look from Wiggins with him. You know, Wigan bouncing forth from Tatum to him and just coming off of um, uh, Luca. And Luca, mm-hmm. you got someone now who's a slightly better bit of foot going to the hole and Jason Tatum. Again, you know, just make it difficult. I like the matchup with, when Wiggins is on him. So On Jalen. Yeah. I don't like the, the Jalen and anyone else, though, matchup <laughs> at all. But then you have Tatum, so it's one. It's a it's a Jordan Pippen thing. If they're clicking, I don't know. You got to have one of your best defenders. We gonna put Michael Cooper on somebody. Mm-hmm. I don't know who's gonna be. We're talking about players showing up and providing an impact for the, for, for their team in the, during the finals. Mm-hmm. What do Jordan Poole and and Andrew Wiggins need to do in order to give a a, a or did the performance that Andrew Wiggins and Jordan Poole give us in game one, is that pretty much indicative of what we can expect for the rest of the series? Or do they need to give give us more or give Golden State more in order to be successful in this series? Um, I think it really de- it, it depends on Steph and Clay. Like I feel like they they have to lead the charge. You if you depend on pulling, I, I know you're not saying you're dependent on them. You just yeah. want them to hit, hit the open shots. But I believe if Steph and Clay have like strong games, they get hot. It just makes it easier for pulling Wiggins. I think that team goes as Clay goes. Steph Curry to me is the most dynamic player on Golden State. But for that team to be who they are, I need Clay to be yeah. twenty five. Clay, I need Clay to Clay's the most important part of that team towards when it comes to the Golden State Warriors winning for me. Because Steph is somehow going to give you whatever you think Steph should give you. I can't get 12 or 14 from Clay. Yeah. I can't get it. You know, and I say that because even it, it even helps Traymond. Not even scoring. This helps his playmaking because the gravity of their defense, they're going to stick to Curry. They're mm-hmm. going to stick to Clay. So that opens it up for Draymond to create four pool, four Wiggins. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So yeah, mm-hmm. I think Clay, you know, you know Curry's already you know started hitting. I think both of those guys when they're hitting threes, mm-hmm. it just makes everybody on that team just sees wide open shots. Because if you're concerned about the two best three point shooters possibly mm-hmm. ever. Hey guys, let us know what you think. Hit us up on social media. Hit us up. Hit us up on social media. Let us know what you think.
Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. Catch us on YouTube. You can email us at weneedafifth at gmail.com. Fellas, one of the things I wanted to talk to you guys about, you know, I'm a big proponent of coaching mm-hmm. and, and the importance of coaching. Game one, mm-hmm. I, I guess we could safely say that one to Coach Udoka. Well, well he won. So that's why you're going to give it to him. <laughs> Out coach him? Not, I, don't, I don't think so. Okay, I, okay. I, I don't think so. I, I'll give it as a push, but for results-wise, you give it to Udoka. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's like, yeah, out coach. Because even when I say Curry should have left Curry in, that's not really. That's just a decision. He actually did play in more minutes than he usually does in the first quarter. The results say yes, but mm-hmm. he can't coach him to shoot like that. I mean, James White wouldn't be a journeyman. You know what I'm saying? Al Horford wouldn't be a journeyman. You know, Marcus Smart. You know what I'm saying? Like, what happened? You, you just got to say it. Like Curry said, like, a tip you had. They made everything. So, and that one is not not a coach. I give it a push with the mistakes and everything. Where I, I, I want to see outside of what that, you know, how that occurred. How, and then, then I'll give you a judge on coaching. I think, right. I think the adjustments that will be, be made tonight will see more coach is going to impact this game more than it did game one. Okay. 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 Going into NBA news, rumors, mm-hmm. offseason moves and stuff like that. The other day in the press conference, Commissioner Adam Silver was asked about the possibility of shortening the season. Mm. And to be fair to Mr. Silver, he says he's open to discussing that, but he would need to see how shortening the season would affect player health because his thought was we just came out of a shortening season last year Mm -hmm. and we still had the same amount of player injury. Now, to be fair to the pundits, that shortened season came in a shortened time period. It wasn't from October Mm -hmm. to June. Mm -hmm. It was from December to June. So there's argument to be said that, hey, that shortened season was tantamount to playing a full season mm-hmm. because of the shortened time period mm-hmm. that you're dealing with. How do you guys feel about possibly shortening this season from 82 to, they say, 72, maybe mm-hmm. 65 games? Well, with me, I think <laughs> I think they do it anyway. I mean, because you have players that just do game management. Mm-hmm. So deliberately or not, players are – playing 60, 70 game season. Okay. So if you do it with, with player management, you might have people playing what now, what, 40 some games? Yeah. I say leave it how it is. Yeah. And teams are, again, they're, they're self-facilitating their own selves. Mm-hmm. So I just think it's the luck of the draw that people get injured. Mm-hmm. It happens. And live with 82 games is fine for me. Yeah, I agree. I think just from a historical context, I don't like when you start messing with the games played in the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just for me, being, you know, all of us being like historian, you know, it's like in the history of the game. It just like kind of messes up the numbers. Mm-hmm. And that statement where he says he has to look at players' health, that may be true. But I truly thought you was going to say he's going to have to look into how it affects revenue. Mm-hmm. Because less games is less revenue. Unless they could get unless they could make up that lost revenue from mm-hmm. games somewhere, I don't know, you, whether you it probably, be in a TV contract yeah. or what have you. The owners are not trying to shorten the season mm-hmm. if I'm gonna lose money. 
I don't mm-hmm. like it. Kawhi sitting out doesn't affect the Clippers' bottom line because mm-hmm. they're still going to sell out. Mm-hmm. Whatever it's called now, it's not the Staples anymore. But you understand what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. crypto. Yeah, the crypto. So yeah, I think it just comes down to revenue. Follow the money. Like if they could make the same amount of money in short in the season, and then kind of like uh you know say capitulate to the players' association, they'll do it. But if they're losing money, owners are not going for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I I think. If you're talking about shortening the game 10, maybe 15 games, you can make that up. Get a business model that will allow you to make that up. And it might affect us as fans because right. it might mean, hey, ticket prices go up. You know what I mean? That's it, what I'm you know, it, and I don't think the owners have a problem with that as long as a fan is willing to pay the price. You know, and for some of these teams, hey, like the Lakers, Boston Celtics, you know, even New York Knicks. Our fans are coming. Yeah, but then you got to look at the Orlando Magics, the Minnesota Timberwolves, um, the Memphis Grizzlies. I don't know. Well, Memphis is hot now, so maybe they, they make it. Yeah, probably. okay, see. So, yeah, okay, see. I, mm. I don't know. I just, yeah, yeah I, I think it, it's fine how it is. 82 games. Oh, and and, and I'm, I'm totally with you. I, I, I feel my thing is forget the money and all that. It's, hey, with the way the game is played now, where it's not as physical as it once was. Mm-hmm. You don't have people getting beat up and going down the lane trying to embarrass somebody. You have a whole bunch of trainers, staff that's just dedicated to player physical health. Right. You know, and you got massages co- coming with the best of the best. My, my thing is, I, I skewed the other way in the sense that I need the NBA as an organization to start whether it be through collective bargaining or whatever, getting these players back on the court. Like, hey, I don't need any more game management. Hey, it's, yeah, I I need them to play more. I don't need them to play less. You have Learjets, Cryogenesis. Yeah, you have everything. $180,000 per person for sports conditioning. Why do you pay them? Why do you pay the nutritionist that's for these players, they have the best of the best that yeah. you could think of. Yeah. They don't fly commercial, like I said again. Like, so <laughs> it, 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 what more my, do you need for these? to keep your body in shape to, to play? Yeah. You know, because the crazy thing is, I think if they cut the amount of games, I think the low manager will still be there. You know what I mean? I think the yeah, percent, yeah, whatever, it, whatever percentage of games you're missing anyway. with 82 games, you're going to miss that same per- percentage with 70 yeah. games. And, you know and, I mean? and, and I, guess, I think it's a mentality. Mm-hmm. And, and that's my point, and that's my challenge to, to current NBA players. Hey, come on, guys. Where, you, where are the Iron Men at? I'm not even on that. I'm on some make it 82 games. They play, they play, they don't, they don't. Like, mm-hmm. I. It's 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 what it is. Like I, I it, bro, we all play ball. So when we watch this, we know who really trying to who's the ball is and who's just there for the check. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So the the, low, the whole low management thing, it is what it is. God bless you. You get paid the same. I get it. But when we look at your 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 love of the game, we know what this is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like we we know what this is. Like go on. I know this is totally off topic. We didn't discuss this, but talking about low management. Are we going to look at players that heavily invested in that strategy of, hey, load managing so yes. I could be differently, you know? Yes. We, we spoke off air about Kawhi. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I was supposed to say that, but yeah, 
Yeah. Like, but I won't hold low management against him, though. For you won't? No. Oh, I for nobody. Because I, I, I won't hold low management against anyone who does it. I would to say, it's, it's, it's a stretch, but work, stay with me. Kawhi and Kevin Durant both have two rings. Mm-hmm. I think, I, I know Hill, I already know your thoughts right. on Kawhi, but I think KD is going to be held in way higher regard than Kawhi. Right. And that's with him going to Golden State. Right. Mm-hmm. Because he plays basketball more. That's yeah. it. Like to me, it's almost not even an argument. You could, if Kawhi played as many games, you're right. just going to make an argument who's better. But because KD plays way more basketball mm-hmm. games, I don't think it's, it's a debate. No. Nah. I just think he's better. No, he, no he's oh, better. He, he's and I, better. Agree, I agree with that. He's but better. I'm just saying, even if I wanted to be devil, play devil's advocate right. against you saying KD's better, right. I can't even do it. Because Kawhi doesn't play enough. They did low management with LeBron. He injured his knee. Uh, I don't know if it was against Toronto. This is recently with the Lakers? Yeah. yeah. But he played like 60. And he, Absolutely. He played more games than Kawhi. Absolutely. But and, and if he like played after 64 games. I, you know what I mean? Like, again, again, he's out there. I don't care what year he's in. Mm-hmm. He's out there. Right. If he's playing 64 games or 62 games, that's 20 games missed or 18 games missed. Mm-hmm. And you want him... A lot of times people think when doing this, you get them at their optimal to when you need them. Mm-hmm. You know, playoff runs, whatever, they'll be fresh. They were like 19 games under 500. I'm just saying that I don't have any issue with it because I think in the, in the end, it's all going to work itself out regardless. And I won't, I won't judge people a certain way if they set out 60 games and or set out 40 games and they, they win a championship or don't. It doesn't matter to me. I'm gonna be real honest. This kind of thought process is kind of evolving for me, in the sense that I'm coming to the to the conclusion where I'm holding it against them, mm. you know, because I I want you to play, you know, and availability for me now is a skill set, you know. Hey, how can you make yourself available? How can you make um, prepare your body to be ready for the rigors of an 82 game season. Cause I remember the greats doing it. I remember Michael Jordan doing it. I remember Kobe doing it. You know, I remember Shaq doing, you know, so it's like, Hey, it's been done, <laughs> you know, and, and it's only until recently that we've had these players really buying into and leaning into the load management theory and, and, and strategy. And it's like, yeah, I have a problem with you load management and then you want to be held as a great player in the vein of Michael Jordan, in the vein of Magic Johnson. And this is like is specifically for like a player like Kawhi. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, you want to be compared to to who? And, like and, you you making commercials about a crown in your in your crown, Vic? Stop. But if Kawhi plays 27 games, and get you a chip. And then Jordan plays 80-some games and gets you a chip. I, I mean, to me, I look at it, I'm like, okay, he's just not good as Jordan. It doesn't matter how many games he plays. If he plays 82, it's the same way I look if he played 27. I'm just going by what I'm seeing. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't matter to me. Okay. So, I, and if we go down the road and you told me, Rudy Gobert didn't miss four games out of his career. Mm-hmm. Stalwart. We're not mistaken. I guess you, you're talking about only if it's great, though, right? 
I don't, I don't, I don't know. Like, if, 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 if hypothetically, if it was him, now I just said he didn't miss a game. There's, there's tons. Like again, <laughs> to me, Cal Ripken is not a great player. Mm. Uh, he barely missed a game. You know what I'm saying, like, so no, no, that that's that's fair. Uh, yeah, it's a couple examples where I know. Well, <laughs> I shouldn't say you know. My opinion, I know a player is better than another player, mm-hmm. but the other player may have another a better career on paper, i.e. Carmelo and Charles Barkley. I saw mm-hmm. them play. I think Barkley's a better basketball player than Carmelo. Mm-hmm. But if you just look at the numbers, Carmelo had a better career. Okay. And a lot of that, I think, is just games played. He, just, he, he pretty much did not get hurt. He pretty much, him and Stockton, they did not miss games. Yeah, Malone didn't get hurt until he got I, to LA. Put me on record. I think KJ and Tim Hallwright, as a player, I'm picking them <laughs> over Stockton. But I think Stockton had a better career. I mean, we wouldn't, but I mean, I think almost everybody else would think Carl Malone had a better career than Barkley. No, no, that's what I'm saying. He did. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But, but I, that's because he played more games. But I know, but I, I saw the dream team. No, I think people I, think Carl Malone is better than Charles Barkley. And, and I think they're wrong. And, and they're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're, they're wrong. wrong. They're but wrong. I'm saying. That, nah, Barkley was a beast. But the reason, he was, but I can see people he, saying that he's better. So Carl Malone was a beast too. It, no. Barkley could be I, I don't think I didn't like him at all. What he did? I don't think he was. He wasn't. Yo. I think he consistently he played well. He consistently it wasn't about 20, the game. Hold on. Hold on. It wasn't about as many games he played. Is is he his scoring average? Okay. Because he had more, more so, games. Is AC Green better than Charles Barkley? Absolutely not. Play more games than Barkley. But we're talking like MVP level players here. Yeah, but if you tell me it's not that good. Oh, he's like, he averages 25 a game. So I'm not. I, maybe I, more, I'm not gonna, right? I'm not going to dispatch him that bad. Dis- uh, okay, no, no, all right, no, all right, no, all right. No, no disrespect just, to AC I'm, Green, but. No, I'm, I just yeah. put it out there just for that, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but it, it, I think Charles Barkley is still better than I just I just saw them play. I don't doubt that. The, the, I, again, how you, I'm with sure. How you looking at KD and Kawhi? That's what I'm looking at. I saw them both play. Right. It, it's not close. I totally agree with that, though. But if someone told me that if they said Carl Malone is better than Charles Barkley. I would say they didn't see them play. I, I, I would. Yeah. I would say, well, you didn't see yeah. them play. You, it, it, you're looking in your phone. You don't have eyes. You look at if you look in your phone, if you say, "Yo, I'm looking at the stats. Carmelo was better." Okay, I'm not even argue. Like if you look at the phone, if you saw, Barkley went to the finals how many times? Once. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Carl went how many? Twice. <laughs> with, with another, but he had a he had a apparently. God, Apparently, he had another top seventy-five player on his team for twenty years and went twice. Okay, Barkley got KJ for four years and went once. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I think if KJ, if he, if KJ and Barkley played twenty years, I think they would have had more success than Stockton tomorrow. Where do you got last one at? Uh, ten. Okay, all-time greatest player. Yes, we got Barkley at. Oh man, 25, 30, at worst 30. We got Stockton, man. Oof. 80? Maybe number 50. 50. All time leading assists. I'll give him he that much. Play with. Hmm? Carmelo. Play- what? Carl? 
He's probably yeah. Teens. He's probably he's probably, thir- he's probably thirty. Thirty. Okay. He's probably thirty. <laughs> All right, thirty and fifty, and Barkley is twenties and ten. Oh yeah. Oh, you can't get on Barkley in the lodge one? <laughs> play, <laughs> play with him. Again, you need context. Again, I saw it. Again? I saw Barkley. The 10th greatest player to pick up was Spalding. Correct. Play with Charles Barkley. And they both were way past their prime at that point. Both of them. That, that was the screaming rocket. That was the ugliest uniform I've ever seen. They were horrible, dude. Uh-huh. Scotty too. Scotty was on that team. Absolutely, that was horrible. It was just too late. It was too late. It was the Boston Celtics, like five years later, like Garnett, Pierce, and Ray Allen. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if people said Carl Malone was better than Charles. That's all I'm saying. And I agree. If you look at the numbers, but if you saw them play, if you saw, if you looked at the 1992 Dream Team, I don't even see how you could think Carl Malone's better than Barkley. We started this discussion talking about shortening this, the season. Right. Now we got the whole Charles Berkeley right. versus Malone thing. Right. So hit us up on social media. Let us know what you think. One, do you think the NBA should shorten the NBA season? And two, do you think Charles Barkley or or Carl Malone? Who 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 you got? And I'm I'm on TikTok all day now. It's almost addictive. I like people are coming for me. I yeah. love it though. I like they're in the comments section. So Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, but yeah, TikTok, it seems for how y'all trying to get at me. I'm with it. Born in the 70s or younger, born in the 80s or younger. So let's talk about it. Yeah, man. I encourage it. Please let me know why Carmel, you think Carmelo is better than Charles Barkley. Please. Hit us up. Hit us up on social media. Let us know what you think. Hit us up on Facebook, Facebook Twitter, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, or email us directly at we need the fifth at gmail.com. I have some really, really good news or inspirational news, depending on how you look at it. LeBron James mm-hmm. just became the first active NBA player mm. to cross the billion dollar threshold. I think Forbes has him as the $1.2 billion man. Mm. That is correct, sir. Between his NBA contract, of course, uh, Nike endorsement, movie production company. Oof, I believe he also owns part owner of a pizza franchise. Tonal. Tonal. Diversified portfolio. Exercise <laughs> equipment. Yeah. What are you guys' first thoughts on this when you heard? No surprise. Long overdue. Okay. Uh-huh. Well, he might have got there a little early, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, don't, I, I just think it's dope. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? I think it's dope. You know, I mean, he brought his guys with him. You know, from high school, mm-hmm. his childhood friends. So I mean, yeah, love. I love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, yeah. Him and his bestie Jay Z, billion dollar boys club. Yeah. Now I don't know how close they are now. <laughs> oh, 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 I don't know how close they are now. <laughs> but, yeah, but, I haven't seen that collab in a yeah, minute. Yeah, that but, collab is a little shaky right oh, now. But um, oh, I, I, not oh. to say there's any tension. We, oh. we, we, we're not a t- we, we don't do the TMZ, but I don't know. I just haven't seen them together. And just to put out. it out there, and uh, again, all respects due, and it's just saying it with much respect. Maxim and any of those Sports Illustrated guys, you want to look out there? Maxim, y'all need to knock on the door of Savannah. Start giving her her due. She is... Okay, we gotta go there. 
That, that, that's where we're going. Wow. Top no, three. He, he, he said, with all due respect, he didn't want to go. Oh, shout out to my sh- Shout out to Mark Jackson, but he, he didn't want to go that route. <laughs> Res- respectfully. 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 <laughs> oh. Oh, oh, just giving some respect to how she's. It's on YouTube, guys. A beautiful young lady. Shout out to the beautiful wife of yeah, LeBron nah, James. Nah, Savannah nah, James. Nah, it's it's a Good. beautiful thing, man. Yeah. You know, what yeah, I mean? yeah, this, yeah. this you know, you definitely got to show respect to the queen. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, yeah, and, and, and Be- beautiful a, thing. Beautiful and it's an inspiring love story. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely, um, she held him down since high school. Mm-hmm. You know, and has been supporting him since then. So, shout out, to, shout out to Cookie Johnson. And he get the whole story like he pursued her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you know what I'm saying? So, which and, is. And I'm sure he'll be the first to say that, hey, he couldn't get to where he's at now mm-hmm. without her support. Shout out to Magic and Cookie. I feel that's it's the, just we I need feel, a fist. I feel, I feel that's the blueprint. We need a fist, I guess. Not in the best way to put it out there, saying that she needs to get her due. Put it that way. Yeah. Hey, definitely. And, and, no, and we, and we genuinely mean this with all due mm-hmm. respect. Absolutely. In other news, Brittany Griner on this show. We've always talked about free Britney Griner. Hey, we're talking spectrums. Sorry. <laughs> wow, free Britney Griner. There's been an offer on the table. Reports say there's been an offer by the Russians to free her in trade for the Merchant of Death, mm-hmm. Russian arms dealer who was arrested in the nineties who the Lord of War movie was based on. Mm-hmm. As much as I want to see Miss Griner freed, I think the government has to stand pat on this and can't can't allow that to happen. Mm-hmm. It would set a dangerous pe- precedent, mm-hmm. and I don't think any American citizen would be safe in Europe at that point, you know, because Russia can kidnap a U.S. citizen and say, hey, give us, the criminal that you're holding in your prisons. I mean, we grew up in it. I guess the seventies, eighty shades of I mean, Libya, and yeah. during those times, in which tourists become the hot commodity. Yeah. I mean, you can't give in to terrorism. Yeah, that's no means. I, listen, I hope for her speedy return back to the states. I really do, and I pray for her family. But getting into this line of diplomacy is. A no-no. Yeah, this is a horrible uh, precedent to set. Um, I don't know. It's an unofficial official, but the United States, I'm pretty sure it does not negotiate with terrorists. And I feel like this is like a kind of basically a terrorist act. We're going to take this person Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. we're going to hold this person until you give us the person that we want in return. I mean, you know, again, I ask, you know, like you guys said, definitely wish her a a safe return. But the precedent that this was set is just too dangerous. Mm -hmm. Again, our prayers go out. Yeah, definitely. Want to go a little off script, talk about entertainment a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I know we didn't get a chance to talk about this live shows on the docket. I wanted to go out to see Top Gun Maverick. Mm -hmm. Told you guys that. Mm -hmm. But I've been hesitant because I'm kind of on the fence about how comfortable I am in going back to the movie theaters. Mm -hmm. Have you guys been back to the movie theater since the the pandemic kind of broke? No, no, <laughs> no. Yeah. Okay. Is it a um? 
is it a gun control thing? Is it a COVID thing? Is it a, a mixture of everything? Yeah, a little bit of all of the above. It sounded no. like it might have been COVID, but you just <laughs> pumped a little bit more fear. Yeah, no. like, but rightfully so. But yeah, yeah. I mean, in the world's freest country, you know, it's it's pretty a, a sad precedent that you feel that way, to be honest. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't... <sighs> I really don't know how to quantify. You know, like for mm. me, it's just laziness. Mm. Like I, I'm just a homebody. Yeah, I'd rather turn the spare room into a movie theater. I don't like to deal with people. People, <laughs> and that's sad. Like you like said, I'm just a, more of an, a more an introvert when it comes to things of that nature. Right. I, I, I like the confines of my home and doing things of that nature. So that's the reason why I haven't done it. But I never thought about it that way, and I think I should mm. because. I mean, I mean, full disclosure. I don't know. I mean, outside of school, I've I've never taken my children mm-hmm. to a movie theater, and I think it's more so the respect factor in movie theaters. Not even pretty much the safety. I didn't think about it, but it's definitely the safety. Mm-hmm. That's one. It's definitely COVID because you know some mm-hmm. like, people just don't care. But it's an interesting way to even look at it. To me, it's just no. I, I and maybe. I mean, subliminally, I'm doing that. I mean, we're just keeping them mm. inside, doing it without even knowing I'm doing it for that reason. So that could be that too as well. Yeah. What about you, P? Have you? No, I have not visited Jurassic Park, Jurassic World. I might, okay. <laughs> I might, okay. but you know, even in, in the workspace, like it's our, you know, it's option. Wearing a mask is optional. Mm-hmm. And Yeah. I, I played safe. We'll say that. And yeah. a lot of people don't. So right. like, you know, so I understand why both of you guys are shying away from going to the theaters. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, hedging your bets, you know, basically, you know, so it, it's, it's crazy that we're at that point in this world where you pretty much, whether it be COVID or gun violence, you really just don't want to be in a crowd. You just don't want to be around a, a large mm-hmm. group, of, group of people for whatever the reason. So, you know, it's, it's, it's at this point, it's like a calculated risk. Going to to the movie theaters. And and I think you said it perfectly, whether it be, you know, gun violence or or COVID. I feel, you know, uncomfortable in a crowded room, you know what I mean, or or crowded spaces. And like my cousin, I'm also an introvert Mm -hmm. and probably more so of an introvert than he is. Mm -hmm. But still, it's just like, and at my job, I'm still wearing the mask. We still have the mask mandate at our job where, hey, we're, mm-hmm. we have to wear masks. So mm-hmm. it's like I'm still conscious of that. And it's something I'm thinking about more as more and more movies that I want to see possibly on a big screen, mm-hmm. like Top Gun, like Jurassic World, mm-hmm. and even Avatar, mm-hmm. you know, where I want to see them on a big screen. and. Now I'm coming to a point where, hey, I have to make a decision. Mm-hmm. You know, Top Gun, Gun is out, you know, yeah, so yeah. it's like, hey, it, it's time to make a decision. Mm-hmm. You know, so, hey, let us know what you think. Are you guys making it back to the movie theaters? Are you feeling comfortable in the movie theaters? Hit us up on social media, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, or email us directly at we need a fifth at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Fellas. What's on the radar? I was going to say Maverick. (laughs) 
Yeah, you thought about it not so much. Yeah, but for me is um, it's two things actually. It's finishing up Tokyo Vice and finishing up uh, the Boys. Mm. Back on Amazon, so very happy to see those two. Hey, what's on the radar? Uh the Obi Obi Wan Kenobi series. Okay. I think I'm what three episodes in? Oh, it's, it's only I'm up to date. It's three episodes. Um, look, it looks good. It looks good. Uh, you know, I'm a fan of the well, Boba Fett was decent. I'm not gonna say I'm a fan, but oh, Mandalorian, Mandalorian is really good. It's it, but Obi Wan is good. It has a lot. I don't want to ruin it for people, but it has a lot of. It, it gets a little nostalgic in a good way. Okay. On my radar, uh, finals game tonight, of course. Mm-hmm. Top Gun Maverick, <laughs> but. <laughs> couple of shows i want to shout out interceptor on netflix is a new show really good really enjoyed that chris helmsworth's wife is the lead actress on that that one he plays door for for those who don't know who Hemsworth is and p looking at me strange (laughs) the floor is lava netflix series really good series show check it out season two is out there you know what I mean? And P, this is for you. Apple TV, Prehistoric Planet, original Jurassic World series. It, you would enjoy it. I, I, did, I did see the commercial. I might, I might actually have to check that out. Yeah, a really good series. Really good series. Really well done. David Attenborough. Uh, anything we should, should be following? Anything we should be aware of, fellas, before we head out? Uh... No. Nah. Oh, oh, quick tidbit. I'm I'm just interested in that Zion contract thing. I want to see what they what the Pelicans do actually. Maybe we'll talk about it on another episode. But that's that's interesting. And quick shout out for the boxing fan. Uh, Haney, I believe, mm-hmm. captured the undisputed lightweight championship last night. I bet on that last night. I bet that. <laughs> or did he yes. do it in six rounds? A further decision? No, it was a decision. Big shout out to boxing fans out there, Mr. Haney seems like he's on his way and, and that we should be talking about him a little bit more I um, so thanks for the tip oh <laughs> <laughs> um, so a big shout out to Haney mm-hmm. alright fellas scored another one until yeah. next time yeah, be safe out there take it easy peace